I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech-focused podcast, I'm Patrick O'Rourke and Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech, but that I call Mobile Serp's teen correspondent, is once again across the internet for me at an undisclosed location. Where are you this week, Brad, and how are you doing? I'm uh, in the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea, and I've been better. How are you? How's the Wi-Fi there? Surprisingly good. 6G. Yeah, they had it before everyone else. I think I'm. Le- I think it's leaking future. from the north side, but yeah, it's fast, um, blazing yeah, fast. To, to, an- to answer your question, I'm pretty good. A little tired. It's it's that busy season, but uh, it's all fun stuff, which is great. We also have Dean Daly with us on the podcast today. How are you doing, Dean? I'm good. I'm just a little um, excited. I just want to play with new phones and stuff, and I want to touch them all. So uh, that's they're coming that's me right now. Soon, they're on their Soon. way. I know. So this week's podcast, as you may have already guessed from the title, is about all things Google. The tech giant held its launch night in event, which was kind of similar to what Apple's been doing with its product launches. Very high production values. They trotted out all kinds of YouTubers, which was a little strange. I'm sure we'll get into that. YouTubers Um, and the company revealed celebrities. Yeah. Which, like, didn't they have Selena Gomez out there for a little while? And Mark Ronson. Like, I think there were more celebrities than YouTubers. It was just awkward as hell. Yeah, it's a little, a little weird event, I think, to say the least. But we caught a glimpse of the Pixel 5, the Pixel 4a, the new Nest Audio, and a new Chromecast device. Nothing was a surprise. We knew all this was coming. We're going to be talking about pricing, how these products fit into the Canadian market, and why the Pixel 5 is missing some key features that the Pixel 4 had. But that that might not really matter in the long run. Um, So we're going to get into all that. But first, Bennett, can you please hit us with the hottest news of the week? So I'll start off with something that just happened this morning, and I won't spend too much time on it because I didn't have any notes for it. But um, Microsoft and Nintendo added uh, Minecraft Steve and a few other Minecraft characters to Super Smash Bros, which is uh, just a fun little thing, and, and people seem to be really interested. So we thought we'd talk about it. Um, sort of like a weird character to add, I guess, but, uh, it looks unique to play. And that's about all I have to say about that because I don't really play smash. Um, moving on last week, which we (laughs) didn't have a podcast about Amazon released tons and tons of hardware and software and just things in its like sort of lineup of products. So I'm just off the top of my head. There's a new echo, new echo dot, new echo dot with clock. That all feature a new orb design. They're like circular. This would be better sounding. Um, and that's basically, I think, the main improvements is just like sound quality, which as we look How do you feel about Google that stuff, design? I don't like it. Um, what? Really? I, I don't like it. 
I think it's so cool. Yeah, I don't like circles. I, I just think they're like really hard to mix into uh, like interior design, I find. And like, I think the old like cylinder style was just like easier to hide. And this like blue circle orb thing is just, I don't know. It looks like too futuristic and less like I love about a it. piece of furniture. Um, Here's I don't know. Smart speakers I really like when they like blend into the background. To me, um, it almost looked like something out of the Jetsons. Yeah. Futuristic. Yeah. Futuristic. Yeah, but like futuristic <laughs> in that way doesn't match anything else that people have in their homes. Well, how do you know? What, maybe my house looks like a well, spaceship. Yeah, maybe, I guess. Like, sure, if your uh, house is like, like what is You're it? You're on like, 6G? Modeled after the Enterprise 1. You're on <laughs> um, 6G maybe. right now? How are you telling me that your house doesn't look futuristic? <laughs> uh, my house looks like super retro. You've been inside of it. But uh, yeah. anyway, that's the new hardware <laughs> from the Echo stuff. There's also some new Fire TV things with... Uh, the new two Fire TV sticks are just 1080p sticks, so they're not like super important to anyone, but they're very cheap. So if you needed like a quick upgrade for a 1080p TV, they're good to go. And they should offer a new Fire TV operating system, which I'm hoping to do something later on this year to compare Fire TV, Apple TV, Roku OS, and Google TV be now, cool. just because there's a lot of updates that have been happening. And a lot of people, as we'll talk about later as well, um, are sort of playing the same game. And I won't get too much more into that, but everyone's sort of following the same road into how they're approaching this uh, or solving this smart TV problem. Um, what else was there? There's like this ring drone camera that like flies around your house. It's unlikely that it'll come to Canada right away, but it's basically a drone that will fly around your house with a camera. Uh, Amazon said it's more helpful than having a camera in every room. So you can just have one that flies around instead. I'm not sure who thinks this is a better idea, but uh, I would, you know, maybe it works go really so well. I'd go so far as to say that I don't think this thing's ever actually going to come out. This is like vaporware from uh, Amazon. Like it's real. It's one of these things that yeah. they like show off. They would have shown like if CES existed, they would have shown it off at CES. So people like us would cover it and like talk about how cool and forward thinking it is. But then it would never actually be released. That's that's my expectation. Is it forward thinking? Uh, I'm just, I just wanted to have turrets. It's terrifying. <laughs> Like, have you guys seen, like, interior security cameras? They're so tiny. Like, do we really... Would you rather have a tiny, like, wise cube in the corner of your room? Or would you rather, like, have a drone just, like, circular... Cir- dry, flying through your home? Like, is it crashing into things? I don't know. Likely. I feel like it's you. I'd rather not have a camera inside my home. That yeah, would be my, my personal preference. I feel like it's like menacing. Like if you have the little kids and you're like, oh, like the kids like, and then like the camera flies by, they're like, they'll stop doing whatever they're doing. Cause like, oh crap, the camera's watching me. It's going. Everybody would, man. <laughs> I just Everybody hovered would. over my cat all day. I don't. You don't control it. It just like goes on its own little sentry yeah. loops. I think. So there's no way to actually control it. There's got to be. No, it like uses AI, so. like defines a path where it can like see the most stuff through your house and then just follows that path. Like you don't fly it. It would probably be pretty fun to mess with, like get a Nerf gun and just like start shooting at it. It would shoot That actually back. would be sick, but it would, it would probably back. just, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. It's like a fun thing. And I like, I will like, it's something that you would see in like Black Mirror and stuff. So I don't know. It's hard. Oh, yeah. Like what sure. Patrick said, it's probably not coming it's out. It's terrifying. Then. It's just hilarious. I don't know. Like, could you I like imagine? Like, uh, you have a robot vacuum, Pat, so you kind of know that, but uh, I'm not used to it. So whenever I visit my parents, they have one, and I'll just be, like, sitting there working, like, last time I was working from home, and all of a sudden, it's like, I think it's at three before my mom gets home from work, hers goes off, and just... 
or whatever. And it just so loud scared me so much. Like two days, both days I was caught off guard by it. And I can only imagine this being like sort of the same way. Yeah. yeah I, I have, also, I have three robot vacuums, one for each floor. Cause I've written a lot about them over the years and I, I don't have them on a schedule anymore. I just have them like set up so that if I want to tell them to vacuum a floor, I tell them to go vacuum a floor because of that exact yeah. reason. Yeah, I, but, uh, I guess kind of where I was going with that is it would be kind of cool to have this house with like all these like vacuum drones and these security drones, like all this stuff flying around. But I just like don't see it becoming something that a people want or need or uh, a notable improvement over just like putting a wise cam by your front door and then in whatever like room with all your important stuff. What would be dope if it also had Alexa? Um, It can be controlled sure. by Alexa. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure, like, you can't, like, talk to it, right? Like, you can't just be like, hey, drone. You might it. be, able be like, to, hey, I friend. Like, I, does it have it? I didn't think it did. This thing's never uh, going to no, come out. I don't so. think it does. <laughs> yeah, that'd be it so doesn't, cool. It but... has, like, a little speaker and mic on it, and you could just be like, hey, like, and it talks back to you while it's flying around. While it's, like, a hub. It's, like, it's, like, a little, like, it's like you have, like, a pet bird. That would be cool. Like, um, kind of like Samsung's little orb thing that it had, whatever that was called, the Roly. Uh, Which I also bit. don't even know if that came out. I don't think it no, did. No, I don't think it did. It was never supposed to come out here, at least. But yeah. uh, that's like what I would compare it to. Uh, if it was like this way we're talking about. It. Anyway, that's that. I can't think of anything else notable that came out of the Amazon event. Uh, is there anything you guys were interested in? I actually... I mean, I, I thought the design was cool of the new the new speakers, but that, that was pretty much it. Yeah. But even that, like, I don't even know. Like, I guess we have to review them this year, but I don't want to. So <laughs> I don't want some, like... <laughs> You know, they're just like no updates other than a design. And at this point, like, at what point do we call tech stable? You know, I'll, I have opinions Never. about this that I'll get into when we, we talk about the Nest Audio. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. That, that'll be kind of the same conversation. Okay. Um, and then uh, I'll just go through the last of the hottest news because that one took a while. Sonos is suing. Sorry, I'll just jump. I'm going to fly. Ready? <laughs> Sonos is oh, suing fly. Google again. This is the second time since January that uh, the smart speaker company is suing the tech giant over patents related to multi-room audio. So Google's Nest and Home Speakers and Amazon and other companies use technology very similar to what Sonos does to send multi-room audio wirelessly throughout your home. Uh, Sonos has been issuing warnings to tech giants and appeals and whatever for years. Uh, they finally said they had enough in January. They started suing Google, not Amazon, because they don't think they could take on both. Um, now they've had a bunch of other patents get confirmed. So they've added those into the lawsuit in a way, basically by having another lawsuit. Um, but basically, yeah, this is just Sonos saying, hey, we came up with this idea a long time ago. And now Google and Amazon are just stealing our idea and doing the same thing for a cheaper price. I don't know exactly how well how I feel about that because I totally, you know, if I like to believe that like if a company comes up with something, they should own it and that's theirs and they were smart and they won. But also the innovation factor of like sort of pushing things forward with lower prices and allowing larger companies to sort of saturate the market with these like forward thinking tech ideas. is this weird trade off. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? It's a thing Apple does, right? They, yeah, exactly. Features from innovative Apple developers. This isn't new. It's been going on forever. Exactly. Um, yeah. I think I think it's crappy, but like starting with the flashlight app, if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect example. But I just like I don't know what the way around around it is. It's it's going to keep happening. It would be nice to see Sonos kind of win this to set a precedent, but we'll have to see what happens. 
But if Sonos wins this, what happens? Do like Google Home speakers stop playing music? They'd settle. They'd settle in some way. Like I don't think I would. Like that, maybe that they would get, Sonos gets a licensing fee for the patent. Some something like that would happen. There's no way that Google would end up not being able to sell its speakers, or some of the functionality would be limited. Like I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically that lawsuit's happening. There are many lawsuits very similar happening with, you know, Apple. The Apple Epic thing is kind of similar. The Apple Spotify thing. I don't know if there's anything specifically with Amazon yet, but uh, stuff like this is just becoming very prevalent in our lives this year. Moving on, Borat sequel. Everybody knows Borat, Sasha, Sasha Barra Cohen's first movie? Baron Cohen, I think. Baron Cohen's. Uh, I don't know if it's first movie, probably is most popular. I remember watching it as a kid that was too young to watch it, and I've probably watched it too many times since. Uh, will I watch the sequel? Yes. Am I expecting it to be good? No. Thoughts? Two, two things. I thought I already had a sequel. Was that was made other though? movies, right? No, no, he that's that... a different. Maybe like a spiritual successor, but not a quite a direct sequel. And I've he had like Bruno it. and the Dictator and stuff, but those weren't like a direct sequel to Borat. Yeah. I never saw Borat. For me. You, uh, you sub Bruno, but not Borat? I didn't see either. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Borat's <laughs> really funny. Bruno was absolutely uh, horrible. I, like, thinking back, I used to think Borat was funny when I was, like, I don't know, 11 to 16. I'm, like, wondering now if I watched it, would it be racist? I don't know. Like, where so, are we going to land with all that? I thought about this a lot. I'm oh, pretty perfect. sure. I haven't seen Borat since it first came out, whenever that was. Seems feels like a long time ago now. I really liked it. I'm pretty sure it's probably quite problematic <laughs> in several ways. I think that if this movie is framed in the way that I hope it is, um, where it's like That's trying just like to, comedy. yeah, and trying to draw attention to some of the horrible things going on in the U.S., it could be quite good but I don't know if that's going to be the case from what I've read and like the rumors and stuff like that. It seems to be leaning in that direction. I'm, I'm excited for it. And I actually, I'm thinking like on the positive side, I think it's probably going to be quite good, but again, it could go in a completely other direction very easily. Um, Yeah, that's, that's basically how that's going to be. I mean, everyone's going to watch it. It's going to be interesting. Uh, maybe it'll be like a little Tiger King moment for Prime Video since they have it, but uh, <laughs> I doubt it. And then um, just the final piece of news is uh, it's been a long time coming, but Facebook and Instagram Messenger or Facebook Messenger and Instagram DMs, I think is the terminology, uh, are now integrated into one. That update's slowly rolling out, but more and more people on Instagram will start to see that messaging section reflect uh, what it looks like through Facebook Messenger. And even if you don't have Facebook, you should be able to message people on Facebook Messenger from Instagram. Uh, WhatsApp is going to be included in this puzzle at some point, but for now it's just these two, and uh, I think it's pretty cool. I hate it. I don't need my Facebook Messenger in my Instagram. Facebook Messenger is for talking to my mom exclusively, and and that's it. Uh, Why can't you talk to... What? 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 It doesn't combine, right? It's not merging. It just looks like it. No, I know, I know. I'm just joking. It just, yeah, it just is basically like Facebook's like, we own three messaging apps. Wouldn't it be cool if you could message anyone on all of them while still using the one you like the most? And, and so that's what's happening, I think. Oh, is that what's happening? It makes sense. More or less, yeah. Yeah. I thought um, it was just getting a redesign. 
No, like you can now talk to people on Facebook Messenger from Instagram and vice versa. Mm. Um, And like WhatsApp will be included. What Uh, soon? You don't really have to if you don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's all about your prerogative to like start those conversations. And I think you can opt out of it if you want to. But uh, I don't know. I think it's smart. Like if I didn't work here and needed Facebook to post to our Facebook page, I wouldn't have it. And then. Well, I would have it because I need Facebook Messenger to talk to people. But with this update, I would have gotten rid of it and just used Instagram. Yeah, I really don't Um, use my Facebook either. It just sits there. Yeah, exactly. Like I literally log on to it many times a day just to post articles to the MobileSurf Facebook page because you have to have your own Facebook account to do that. Um, And then like, yeah, I don't have the app on my phones. I don't think like it's yeah, not something I use. Um, But that's it for the hottest news of the week. So cool. we, can, we can move on let's to, get the, real, into, uh, the real good news. Yeah, Let's get into Pixel stuff. Pixel territory. Wait, we're talking about Adam Sandler, the Adam Sandler movie, Pixels? Oh I have thoughts. Have I'm you ready. Se- I haven't seen that movie yet. No, I actually haven't Pixel, either. Right? Oh. I don't know. Probably. Um, there is a new Adam Sandler movie coming out that I want to see. A Halloween, like a oh, Halloween yeah. movie. Yeah, it's come on Netflix. I hope it's going to be just as bad as I expect because that's exactly what I want from him. But that's a totally other podcast. That's when we do our Adam (laughs) Sandler special episode when we review every Adam Sandler movie. Today, we're talking about the Pixel 5 first. I'll just drop my thoughts about the phone quickly and then Dean, I'll throw it to you to kind of set things up. Um, I think the price is good. There's a lot of weird stuff about this device. The fact that it has a rear fingerprint sensor the fact that it doesn't have any facial recognition recognition unlocking to my understanding the fact that it doesn't have uh 865 or 865 plus like and, inst- and instead has a 765 uh chip like there's a lot of weird things going on here that make this phone not feel like a f- traditional flagship dean do you want to just set the stage what is this phone why is it different Okay, so we have a $799 Pixel 5. You got to compare that to last year when the Pixel 4 came out at um, like over a grand. It came, so last year, the Pixel 4, when it launched, it was $999. That was the smallest version of it with 64 gigs. Now we have a 128 gig Pixel 5 at $799, which is $200 cheaper for this year's flagship, which is kind of crazy. Um, it's bigger, it's six inches compared to the Pixel 4, which was a lot smaller. I don't remember what that was. And the Pix- and the Pixel 4 XL was, um, 6.3 inches. So a little bit bigger, but this, that 64 gig was 11.29. So 7.99 versus 11.29 there. So it's way cheaper. Way cheaper. Um, but... I think the cheapness comes from the, the cheapness. The affordability comes from... Is that even a better word? Either way, it comes from the Snapdragon 765G processor, which is capable of 5G, um, but it is slower than the 865, which is available on like the S20 and the... I can't think... And the OnePlus 8 Pro? And the Red Magic 5S, which my review just landed on the site this morning. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it has a lower processor than these phones. Um, and I was thinking about it today. I'm I'm currently writing my review for the S20 FE, uh, the fan edition, um, which also has an 865 processor to 
not just whatever. But um, I feel like the Pixel Five is the fan edition of what we're used to. We're like we're used to just Google coming out, like spitting out flagships, trying its best, doing things to try to keep their phones kind of affordable, but also flagship level. This year, they were like, screw that. We're not even going to make an Excel version of our phone. We're just going to do the Pixel 5. It's going to have a, it's going to have a rare fingerprint or like a back fingerprint sensor. It's going to have uh, this lower processor. It's, but it's going to still have things that our fans really want. It's going to have a bigger battery, which is what people have been wanting for Pixel for years because this size it's one has like a 4000 million battery compared to the 4XL which battery was nowhere near that I, I can check for you guys well, it had bad battery life too just in general um, right yeah, yeah was, i think they were both in the low 3000s um no, but yeah the battery yeah. life was way different apparently hopefully um this one also has reverse charging reverse wireless charging it has um, a 90 hertz screen still. You still you still get your 90 hertz screen. It, they up the RAM finally to eight gigs. They have finally got to eight gigs. Eight gigs have been on other phones for years, and Google has finally caught up. They lowered the screen resolution compared to last year. It's a 1080 by 2340. But the point of all this is that it's still above that like sweet spot of like 400 pixels per inch, though. I think. Yeah, it's 432. And I think the point of all this is just that Google was like, Google was like, hey, I, we're just going to make a phone that people. Period. I like, think people... we're just going to make a phone that's <laughs> a phone and it's good. No, I think, like... I think really it's just, they're just trying to make a phone that is E for everyone. Like I, so after using uh, a couple phones of a 765 processor and uh, comparing, comparing them to an 865, I can you can barely ever tell the difference. Um, sometimes you might notice the difference, but it's not always common. What they do is they added this the that processor, and um, so just to make the phone cheaper, and people want cheaper pixels. That's one of the biggest complaints. And I think after Google has been listening to everyone, um, they've been saying people have been saying the three A is such a better buy than the three or the four. Yeah, and the th- and four A is such a better buy than the four. And this time, this is just what they did. They just came out with a five that was. There's no, there's no like it's just the better buy because it's a f- cheaper. It, they figured that they don't need the, um, people are loving these these A versions with the their cheaper processors and um, because they still give you what you need. They still give you that good camera. Um, well, wait before st- we. Before you jump those in, we should clarify that the 4A 5G doesn't have the cheaper processor. It has the same processor as the Pixel 5. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. this is a question to both of you, I, I guess. Is this still a flagship? I wouldn't call it one. Okay. Why? Um, I think... For a phone to be a flagship, and I could be wrong. Um, I I've actually wanted to write a feature about this because it's there's the lines are so blurred. But for a phone to be a flagship, it requires a flagship processor, the best of the best processor, or best of the best processors available right now. So in my opinion, I 
H65 and H65G, is that what it's another one? Or H65 Plus, sorry. Um, yeah. Those are the best that we have right now. If it's not either of those processors, it can't be a flagship. It can be... Bennett, what about you? Um, I, get, I get what Dean's saying. I, I think to me, flagship is more defined as like that company's number one phone. You know, like Apple's yeah. flagship is the iPhone 11 Pro. That's kind of how I flagship feel. is the Pixel 5. Samsung's flagships are the Note 20 Ultra and the S20 Ultra or whatever. Like the the flagship, like there's almost two definitions of it in the like tech review space where it's like flagship as like the most ultra top of the line phone period or flagship as like that company's flagship product, meaning their best product. So it, it really could go both ways. I think when I talk about it more, I guess I probably actually maybe lean Dean's way where I'm just like always talking about flagships as the best. Uh, but I would call the Pixel 5 a flagship. Like I don't really have any problems with that. I mean, in my experience with the 765G phones, like they're awesome. I've only used one, I think, I th- but this is, this I think normal. Yeah. I think for me, the only thing, like, I, I get it. I understand that the angle that, like, you don't really need the 865 or the 865 plus, the 765 is more than powerful enough for the average smartphone user. And that price tag is, like, super appealing, especially in Canada, given how much we spend, we, we pay for phones. I think the thing that I want to hear a little bit more about, Dean, is, like, the rear fingerprint sensor on this phone feels like a tremendous step backwards, like, this almost feels like we're going back to like the pixel two or the six P or something like that. Why did Google opt for that fingerprint sensor and not like facial recognition? It, it just feels like any way I look at this, it feels like a step backwards. So I, I, I wish I was able to talk to Google for this podcast, but I think that they added this just because a project solely, no one liked it. No one cared about their, like their radar chip on that pixel 4 and pixel 4 xl it was huge no one liked it the made the bezels gross looking it was just it was not a usable it was not worth bringing back i think it it was detrimental to the battery too in terms of like taking up space and using like sucking power it was just i i honestly i disabled it on my pixel 4 um, because yeah. it, I just found it annoying. When I would find that when I listened to music, I would just accidentally trigger it. Um, and I never trigger it when I wanted to. Either way, I think the reason why <laughs> they um, they got rid of that. But Google also made a point a couple years back of getting rid of face unlock on all of their phones pre um, Pixel 4. And that it was to secure. say, because it wasn't secure. And because of that, they cannot go back and add face unlock to a Pixel, um, to the Pixel 5 or Pixel 4a or Pixel okay. 4a 5G. So the best securest way for them, to, and Google's all about being secure, was to add to re to bring back the, the fingerprint sensor. I'm not sure if Google, maybe Google just doesn't know how to use the in the in-screen fingerprint sensor or the on-screen one, or maybe. Uh, there are, I think and it's there are a cost-saving measure. Yeah, yeah it's a, there's definitely a cost-saving thing, and there's definitely um, some complaints that uh, the optical one is not as safe as uh, your actual rare, your actual back, your the back fingerprint sensor. Um, so, in I think this is a move to save cost, and if it, Google and if Google does admit that, 
they're I think they'll say that it's this is the safest method since we didn't have a face scan and whatever. I'm gonna miss face unlock, but um honestly we are in the times of pandemic and That's I, very true, I, yeah. I have to use my I, I have to I can't use it all the time anyways. I can rarely I have to take off my mask to use it, which you can't do in stores, so I'm often annoyed. I only have so one before... single face unlock use case. And so I have an iPhone 11 and it sits on a stand on my desk so that it's facing me. And when I get emails, they somehow go to my iPhone first and then I look at it and it unlocks and it shows me the email. And then I look away <laughs> and I go back to work. And that is That's the great. number one face unlock thing for me. Like when I'm out, I, out, I feel like I don't use it. I don't use it anywhere else, but this like email thing, because I don't know, Gmail on Windows, my notifications got messed up. So same thing happens just, like, to me. Yeah, it's just like the iPhone uh, emails, and it like it comes through. It's like you have an email or whatever e- notification from Spark, and then you look at it. It's like boop, expand. You have an email from blah 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 about this tech thing in the inbox. You should check it out. And it's like okay, cool. I will or I won't. Um, but like day to day use cases, if I'm like actually holding and interacting with my phone, I don't find a significant like difference between any form of biometric unlock, be it face, in screen, or rear fingerprint scanners. It's just like these like weird things where I look at my phone, it unlocks and like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, Where face unlock, I think has like the edge. But like if I'm walking with my phone, it pretty much takes like the same amount of effort to to unlock it with a fingerprint scanner than it does like look down and like maybe move your phone a bit to get it to like line up or take your hat off or your mask down or whatever. But uh, I find myself always putting just my pin in my phone like all the time because face unlock's good, but it probably only works, I would say, like 85% of the time. Or if I'm like lying in bed on my phone, like it, it doesn't work or like part of my face is obscured. It's like, it's not perfect technology. So in that respect, like I, I do kind of understand Google shifting back to this. I think I, the, the one thing that I wanted to kind of pose to both of you quickly, because um, we have a few other products to go through. To me, this seems like, especially in Canada, given the price tag and on the Android side of things specifically, this is the phone to like recommend to people like for my mom, this would be the perfect device. You think so? Do Over you the 4A 5G? feel that way? No. Well, that, that's what <laughs> I like, don't. I, I don't know if I don't know if like 5, 5G here in Canada, I don't think really truly matters yet. But yeah, that, that's just what I want to ask you guys. Like, would you recommend this phone to your friends and family? Uh, yes, but after the 4A 5G. Like, it's not about the 5G, but just the fact that the 4A 5G also has this, like, it's 679 so it's, like, 100 and some dollars cheaper than the Pixel 5, and it has the same chipset. It has pretty much the same cameras, minus an okay. ultra-wide. Uh, it has a slightly smaller battery, but still pretty good. I mean, it's pretty much the same phone, but cheaper, so unless you really, really need, like, waterproofing, that fast-charging, the ultra-wide, or the... And the improved build quality, I'm thinking the 4A 5G is the better buy. What about you, Dean? I uh, I wouldn't recommend the 4A 5G. Why? <laughs> it's like the same phone, um, but cheaper. Except for you, la- you it just you 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 lack your 90 hertz display. You, you lack HDR10. You don't get the 8 gig of RAM. Man, like it's 120 dollars difference. Um, on like, it's not. I don't know. I I I haven't used it, right? So maybe if I've used it, and I would change my mind. I just I would recommend for me. Uh, I think the top pick here is the 4A, uh, because there's it's just a bit smaller than the five. Uh, you lack that second ultra wide camera, but 
honestly, I never use the ultra wide cameras. Fair enough. And John praises it very well. And I'm yeah, he gave it a really good review. Yeah, he and I just talking to him about it um, right before the Pixel Five event. He really likes that phone. Um, I'm just afraid of how long the uh, 730 chip like lasts. So that's a good place to start talking about the the 4A 5G. For me, like 5G in Canada, like I know it's a thing, but it's not a thing. I feel like in some ways that this phone simply exists because carriers in the States and possibly even in Canada were like, okay, Google, we'll sell your 4A. Oh, that's great. All of my uh, smart speakers in my office, which I have several right now, just activated and they're all listening to me. So they're probably going to start talking. Um, (laughs) So uh, to me, it seems like carriers were just like, you need to sell a 5G capable 4A or you will not carry your uh, regular 4A. Because like it just doesn't, like I don't know why this phone needs to exist. The 4A, to my understanding, is supposed to be a budget device. Not, well, not budget, but like a mid-range device that is that offers really good value for the features that it has. So why would someone who's after a phone like that truly care about 5G? Dean, I guess just to start things off, why does this phone exist? Like, I, I don't know if I entirely understand it. Wait, can I clarify something before Dean jumps in? Yeah. I think we just need to, like, notify that this is more of a Pixel 5 and less of a Pixel 4a. Like, yes, it has the 4a name, but I think it shares more specs with the 5 than the 4a that came out earlier. So I just think, like, that should be clarified because I don't want people thinking, like, the two 4as are the same because they're really not. So now I'm going to jump in. I read this really long feature uh, from Android Central. Uh, like a month ago and it was very informative and what they did is they took a look at all the code names and what's been going on for the past year or years with the pixel 4a 5 and pixel um 4a 5g and what it turns out is or at least what it looks like is that the pixel 4a 5g was originally the pixel 5 that makes a lot of sense at some point it changed to the pixel 4a xl and and the reason for the change from the Pixel 5 to the 4A XL was that they didn't want the Pixel 4A, they didn't want people to be like, well, if there's a, they already got, they already stopped using the Pixel, um, they already stopped the Pixel 4A brand. Why would I buy that phone? They still wanted people to realize that they're, um, they didn't want people to think that the 4A was a lot worse than these other, like once you, they didn't want the people to think the 4A was discontinued. So what they did is they switched from the Pixel 5 to Pixel 4a XL, and then they switched it to Pixel 4a 5G because of the, um, the there is a lot of differences, like Brad was just saying. Whereas the Pixel 5 was originally the Pixel 5s, and there was a couple that of leaks. That is so back. confusing. Yeah, so there was a couple of leaks about the Pixel 5s, and that phone will never come. That phone will never launch because it was the it is now the Pixel 5. So um, Bennett was saying that this phone has more in common with the Pixel 5. Do you guys want to just break that down and, and explain how well, I, that is the case? It's because this phone was originally supposed to be the Pixel 5, it seems. Okay. Um, but spec-wise, it has um, same like the same, same camera, except for the ultra-wide. Uh, no, it has an ultra-wide. What is it missing? It, the... it, all it's missing, although Pixel 4a 5G has compared to the Pixel 5, the only difference is the... Pixel 5 has a 90 hertz display. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, it has, it's missing, it, the Pixel 5 has 8 gigabytes of RAM compared oh, yeah, right. to the 6 gigabytes Six, that the yeah. Pixel 4a 5G has. Oh, the 5a 4a has a headphone jack? <laughs> and the 4a has a headphone jack. And the bigger and the so Pixel weird. Five has a, a a bigger battery, which is pretty cool considering it's actually the smaller phone. Um, and it's four thousand eighty milliamp hours on the Pixel Five to three thousand eight hundred eighty five milliamp hours on the Pixel Four A Five G. Also, the typical amount and not the the other amount. Like I think it's the the advertised amount is four thousand to thirty eight hundred. I don't know what's the difference. I don't know why they do that, but companies have been doing that for years. I have never it, understood it. Also, in some weird way, on this Google compare, and I almost don't believe this. So the Pixel 5 has fast charging, and so does the Pixel 4a, but the 4a 5G does not for some reason. I don't know if that's real, but that's what I says. think that's wrong. <laughs> you know, how does that even make sense? Like, why does the cheap phone have fast charging and the expensive phone have yeah, fast charging in the middle of the road think... phone not have fast charging? So uh, I've been using GSM for the compare, and GSM has fast charging for all of them. Although what I didn't okay. realize is that the 4A 5G doesn't have, or the 4A doesn't have wireless charging, whereas the 5 no. does. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess that's another point. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, when it really boils down to it, all these things are really negligible, and, and, and they're not, like, crazy things. You know, like, a, a, HDR plus, sure, but, like, that's crazy hard to even notice anyway. Um, but I think it's kind of misleading what they're. It's kind of a little bit misleading what they're doing here. I think, um, and the reason, I, like the reason why I'm saying that is because I think it would have been more accurate to call the Pixel 4a 5G the Pixel 4a AXL even, or even the Pixel 5, just because it's like you're. It, they're kind of making it seem like the only difference by the name and brand, the only difference is 5G. Well, it's completely not the case. Yeah, it's a different it, phone in, inside, which is a big difference, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of weird. Uh, and like I said, I think, or what, what I was reading from Android Central, it just seems like they just didn't want people, it's a marketing thing where they just didn't want people to think that the 4A, they, discon- like they just gave up on that so quickly. Yeah. And want people to think that it was more of a, it was a, more of a comparable choice. Yeah, like I think in my mind, I'm seeing the Pixel 4a, I'm seeing the Pixel 5, which is actually the Pixel 4a 5G, and I'm seeing the Pixel 5 Premium, which is the actual Pixel 5. And that's sort of like how I'm distinguishing it in my mind. And I think they couldn't say Pixel 5 Premium or Ultra or any of that stuff just because it's... It's not, not like hitting all those <laughs> crazy specs. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. for sure. But it's a very yeah. weird thing what they did, that Google did this time. I don't know if I'm about it. I personally I think it's bad branding, but I'm about it. I don't even I don't even like the idea of the Pixel 4a 5G. I'm I'm actually I think I need to use this phone, but currently at this moment, in my head, I think there should only be a Pixel 4a and a Pixel 5, and they should have made the Pixel 5 just a little bit bigger. 
six give it at six point two inches. You just gave the Pixel Four A five G. This is very confusing, and we need to do a story breaking all of this down. Because I, <laughs> You're I probably like, right. The, yeah, the marketing, like I, I, I now fully understand this. I think, but if even it wasn't clear to someone like me after watching the event and covering it, like the average Canadian is truly not going to understand the difference between these two devices. Okay, I was just going to say, Google basically like name these with like search engine optimization. They're like, what is yeah. what is popular? The Pixel 4a, what else is popular? 5G, whatever, we'll just call a phone the 4a 5G and like hopefully that'll get searched for. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. It's just such a weird naming process. I did a comparison so I, I think... yesterday with the 4a 5G and the Pixel 5 and what you're missing compared to previous years, like Pixel compared to the Pixel 4 and three series but maybe i will do another one with the just comparing 2020s google's 2020 phones and what makes sense here and there and like what is this what did google do here yeah i think that's a great idea what we'll have reviews of these phones dean i know you're doing the pixel 5 john's handling the pixel 4a 5g there's an editorial in the works there's lots of stuff that we're going to try to break down for our, our readers but this is definitely like a pretty Pretty weird situation, at least as far as I'm concerned. Speaking of which, like I'm sure this device that we're about to talk about, the Nest Audio, likely was supposed to come out way sooner than it is, given that Google essentially leaked it itself after pictures appeared several months ago. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be covering this one uh, for Mobile Surf, so I'll briefly just introduce it. This is the successor to the Google Home, the like standard Google Home that uh, came out in the US in 2016, and then it, I believe it came out here in 2017. So Google's long overdue for an update. We were talking about Amazon's event earlier. Every year they refresh their smart speakers in some way. Google's refresh usually mini. In, in this way with just better speakers, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that it looked really weird at first when I saw the leaked pictures, but having like seen it in action during the event, it it doesn't look as strange as it initially seemed. It's kind of sleek. It's kind of cool. I think I prefer it far over the circular direction that Amazon's going with. Oh, for but sure. Yeah. It's still a little unclear what's what's actually upgraded in it. Like during the event, uh, Google rhymed off a couple of things like 50% more bass, 75% more volume, and overall just like better sound quality. Um, once I get my hands on it, I'll, I'll test it and like obviously I'll be I'll be directly comparing it to the Google Home kind of to determine if there really is that jump in quality. I think there probably is. It's been a couple of years, but but we'll see. I think really the only thing to to talk about with this is like how do you guys feel about the look of the speaker? It's pretty unique. It's like vertical. <laughs> it's like an Xbox. It's not really an Xbox Series X covered in uh, in fabric, but it, it sits up in that same way like a PC tower, right? Do you think yeah. that's a good design that would blend into someone's like home decor or did you prefer kind of the like plastic fabric mix of the original uh plastic fabric mix of the original google home i like this boxy look a little more because it like looks like a bookshelf speaker um kind of you know if you dream if you close your eyes and really dream of it it kind of looks like a cool bookshelf speaker uh just for the like size and footprint of it although it's a bit thinner um so that's cool i think it's better than the old like glade air freshener design they were using before um but I, I yeah i don't know if it's perfect i don't know the colors seem very muted in a way but yeah I, i'm gonna have to see it in person and the i think it's really hard to like judge it because it just it like reminds me of a band-aid 
I don't know. <laughs> I know that that makes like no sense and is super weird, but like, yeah, that like perforated fabric or whatever is just like driving me nuts. So What's thought- funny is the colors are identical to what Apple's going to be offering with the iPad Air. Mm-hmm. I think that so that's weird. just a trend thing. I think those are just the yeah. trends. It has to be. We've seen it before. It's it's just like 100% on the nose this year. So it's it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's interesting. It's like there's a sale on those colors at the, the factory. Yeah. I'm also wondering, one thing that when Ian brought this up yesterday, um, both the new Nest Audio and the iPad Air, I believe, are like recycled materials. So maybe these like pale yeah. pastel colors are easier to turn from recycled materials into. Or I don't know. That's, that's, a that's like point. a big stretch, but... I think it's pretty. So you like it, Dean? Yeah, I like it. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was more cylinder-ier. Um, like I thought it looked more like the. Like I I use the UE Boom. Um, but I'm actually like taking a really good look at it right now, and it's kind of like flatter, I guess, than a cylinder. I don't know. It's a weird shape. Um, it's like good for st- sticking in corners, maybe. Yeah, I think it would be good for sticking in corners. Uh, I don't think Ian, I, I don't think Susie would allow this in her house still. Um, and she's an interior designer, <laughs> Ian's wife. But I still think it's, I like it. I like the way it looks. I, it doesn't, I for sure don't think it blends very, like, as well as, say, I don't know speakers very well. But I don't think it blends crazy well. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It does kind of remind me of an Xbox. <laughs> I see where you're going. That's with what that. I was like. I know. I know it's obviously very different, but yeah, 100 different. I have right? a I have a Series X sitting on my desk, and I'm looking at the picture of the Nest Audio, and I don't know. Kind of looks the same in a way. It's not covered in fabric. The Xbox is black, but like just that idea of a device that sits up on your desk. It, yeah, it's kind of um, weird. They look cool when you do. only hear them. Yeah. The only other thing that I wanted to touch on with this is like I used to be someone who used both Echo devices and Alexa and Google Assistant and I found myself over the past year slowly unplugging my Echo speakers and like Hmm, I don't know that see she's now talking to me there you go slowly Uh, unplugging my Echo speakers the only two that I have still are the Sonos ones I have stereo paired in my office and the soundbar, Bennett, uh, the Polk soundbar that, that you gave me. Other than uh, that, yeah. like I'm a, an entirely uh, Google Assistant, Google Home house now. And I think that's simply just because Google's home ecosystem for smart home devices. I have a ton of smart home products, smart, smart lights, uh, all kinds of stuff like smart cameras, tons of different things that are all compatible with Google Home. That smart home app that Google offers across iOS and Android is just leagues and leagues ahead of what amazon's doing now with that in in that same space the ui is better it's easier to add devices there's not as many glitches i don't have all these problems with like trying to move devices between rooms like it's just better and i think that's part of why i've slowly like cut alexa and echo out of my my life i actually never understood why you guys did that um to me it never made any because our job requires us to test both (laughs) (laughs) that is fair but i don't know why you guys kept them on or whatever i just feel like i don't know if you're if i'm if someone asked me to recommend them a phone and they use a knife or uh, they use a macbook and have an ipad i just say just get an iphone man um because you just want to use the same ecosystem of things 
you just want everything to work well together and be perfect with one another. So in my home, I only have, I have maybe three or four minis connected up, and I've never considered uh, an Echo device or an Alexa, Alexa smart speak, um, personal assistant at all. It just never made sense to me. I use a Pixel phone as my main driver. Just make it everything all the same. And so, just it's perfect. even just even just I've beyond like both, what Bennett sorry. was saying. Yeah, I, I've used both of, both as well. But like even beyond just what Bennett was saying, like where we have to test these for our jobs. Like I had both because Echo devices always pretty much across the board, other than the Google Home Max, had better uh, sound quality, and that's what I primarily primarily used the speakers for was listening to music. That's sort of mm-hmm. why, like even after testing and reviewing, I kept them around. That's why I guess I'm excited for the Nest Hub because I'm hoping that it's better than the second gen Echo. It's better than the the Echo Plus, so that I can like start getting rid of those devices and do what Dean's saying, and have like this cohesive ecosystem of Google speaker products. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry, Bennett, I cut you off. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say I've used both. I find them very, very comparable. I think the main reason that my house is Google right now is it. Um, has a better job of like picking up my girlfriend's accent, which is like Amazon was just really struggling with. But that was that was like the main driving force. And like there's a few other like smaller things that I, I remember personally liking better about Google, but I'm just like hesitant to say one's better than the other in like all cases, just because they're so similar. It's like saying Apple's better than Google in like, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. They each have their strengths and weaknesses. Um Come but to, yeah, I, I think to think Google might be pulling ahead now. Oh, now I've sent all my Googles going off. <laughs> I think yeah. uh, that search giant company that people know about, stop, uh, might be pulling ahead now that it actually does have like good hardware at like affordable costs because yeah, like they basically just had Google Home minis before and I didn't really know anyone that had like a regular Google Home. But uh, yeah, maybe that'll change things. But it, yeah, it's hard to tell like which one I like more i i don't use either of them for all their potential you know what i mean like i'm basically just using them to set turn lights on and off set timers set alarms ask for the weather more than um, me yeah it's hard to tell i mean i was talking earlier about wanting to do like i love doing like comparison things i don't know if anyone listening knows that but like i my favorite type of review is like two things head to head and i'd love to do like an alexa versus google but it's just like it's so convoluted and it's like how do you determine a winner in this space where when it really gets down to the day-to-day people aren't using them for all their potential you know what i mean but maybe you don't come just, to think of a part of... one and you don't pick a winner you just say your thoughts i don't know i think it's a good idea um i just don't maybe you just say like you compare them in all different angles and let or the readers decide true enough yeah. i think it would come down to like strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that like maybe yeah. google home's better with smart home products but alexa has better audio that that sort of thing um yeah alexa I, I also has say, like better notifications i find like it's telling me more things and it also has that like home security stuff that i don't think google has as far as i know like there's some interesting things there that i think like but there are these more like advanced features that people aren't using so i think on like the surface level google might be a little easier to use but you know, if you knew how to use the Amazon app, I, I think you would find them both really similar. I think the other reason down. why I switched, I was just going to say, is because um, I set up Nest Wi-Fi in my house somewhat hmm. recently. And they also double as 
Google Home or Nest now Nest Audio or I, I I don't know what's built into them. I think it's basically a Nest uh, a Nest Mini. Um, so I had those speakers everywhere, right? All I have a three set. I have like the router which doesn't have it in it, but then I have the two uh, nodes, one in my basement, and one on my main floor. So that was also part of why I eventually switched over. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's enough about the the Nest Audio. The last device in this list uh, to talk about is the Chromecast with Google TV. Bennett, uh, you did a briefing on this prior to the event with Google. You covered this one for us. Do you want to just kind of um, explain what this is? Because it seems like it's a little bit more than just upgraded, faster, more powerful Chromecast. There's like more to this story with this product. Yeah, it's sort of like the first step in what appears to be Google's new living room ambition or living room ambitious living room plan. Um, so uh, I'm going to try and like keep this all concise and, and easy to digest. So let's just jump right in. Um, first of all, what came out yesterday? A new Chromecast with Google TV. Google TV is a version of Android TV running on top of Android TV 10 that has a Google skin on it. An easy way to think about this is stock Android versus the Pixel launcher on Google Pixel phones. Sure, they both run a very similar experience, but the Google version has some design tweaks and UI elements that are specifically for Google. Sometimes there's some extra features as well, um, but I don't think that plays as much into this Google TV plan. Um, so yeah, that new device came out. It's a Chromecast. It has a remote. It's like a universal remote, so it'll control your TV's input, volume, all that stuff. Um, it basically runs Android TV. If you've ever used that, it still works as a Chromecast, so you can send stuff from your phone or your computer to it. Um, but the big thing is Google's leveraging like AI and the assistant this time on the Google TV home screen. So the device that came out yesterday is called the Chromecast with Google TV. Google TV itself is sort of like a platform that Google is building for all of its living room TV ambitions. Uh, does that make sense so far? Yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm on board with it. Okay. So that Google TV thing is basically driven by AI and Google Assistant to give you recommendations of things to watch. You know, that includes things to rent, things to buy, uh, Crave content, Prime Video content, YouTube content, CBC Gem content. I believe Sportsnet now will get surfaced through it if, uh, if it's similar to the way Fire TV and Apple TV do things, which we'll get into later. So is, um, this, but, is this the Google, the with Google TV part of this that you're discussing? Yeah, this right is now? the like software platform. Okay. So that's like updating you. It's You know how you turn on your Apple TV or your Fire TV and at the top, it's like, hey, you want to watch this in the Crave app or do you want to watch exactly, this in the yep. CBC app? It's now doing that as well. Netflix is still missing, uh, obviously, because Netflix says, Netflix says, no, you if you want to watch our content, you need to go in our app and look only at our content. We don't want you looking at Netflix same content thing. besides Crave content. Same thing with yeah. Apple TV. Oh, really? Exactly. I yeah. have no clue. Oh. Yeah, Netflix is like the only holdout in all of those because you know, you've know you heard things in the past where... Where they're like, we're we're competing for eyes. We're our main competitor is Fortnite. Like, you know what I mean? And they're not yeah. getting those eyes if their content's beside Crave. If there's a Netflix show and a Crave show side by side, that's fifty percent either way. And Netflix doesn't like those odds. I, Netflix I says get in our app. You continue, yeah, go. So you were saying that Netflix said that they're one of their biggest competitors was sleep. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah. See, same thing, exactly. They just want open <laughs> eyeballs on their app. And using these like AI algorithmically generated user profiles that are like just pulling content out of apps and presenting to the user isn't what Netflix wants. But that's what Google's trying to do. It's Net what Apple's trying to do. It's what Amazon's trying to do. What, Pat? 
I think that Netflix's biggest competitor is warm weather and going outside. Yeah, honestly. I still think sleep beats it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sleep beats it. Exactly. But so that's sort of like the Google, sleep. <laughs> the Google TV operating system. It's, it's trying to be a smarter place for you to find content without having to dip in okay. and out of apps over and over again. Um, on so, top of that, Sorry, this is the last piece of this puzzle. Yep. <laughs> on top of that, the Google Play Movies and TV app on, I'm assuming, the web and mobile is being updated, and it's now being renamed to Google TV. So Google TV is just a software platform that's now on Chromecast, the new Chromecast. It's an app on your phone, and it's an app on your web. So if you've used Apple stuff, and you've used the Apple TV app, and you kind of understand how that works on mobile and TVs and laptops... This is exactly the same, but it's Google's version. Surprise, so surprise. I've never used it, though, so I need you to go a little bit deeper. So wait, so now there's a Google TV app that you put on your phone, and you, what was the, what's the app for? It does all that stuff I just described. So it surfaces so content it from the, the Crave Google app TV. on your phone, from the Prime Video app on your phone, and it puts it all in one place. It's like, it's like a TV guide. Watch. Mm, yeah, exactly. So it's Google's it exactly version the, of a TV guide. It does exactly what the Chromecast with TV, Google TV does now. It's just with an app. But you exactly you on your phone, but you don't... and it's it's identical to the Apple TV app too that Apple Apple has not not identical but the same like inherent concept that it's like you don't need to go all these disparate apps anymore everything's here go here it's going to show you exactly what you want to watch next that sort so of so now thing. I don't need to have the Crave app or Amazon Prime Video app anymore I can just have the Google TV app theoretically you wish yeah but no you still have to have them because when you find something you want i don't know how this is going to work in the google tv app because i don't have my chromecast review unit and i don't have the app update on my phone yet but on the apple tv app when you find something so say i'm in the apple tv app and it's like oh watch letter kenny on crave and i'm in the apple tv app i'll click on that and it will bring me to the crave app so i'm assuming what? the same thing will okay. happen on android yep so it's basically a better way to browse if you don't like going into a bunch of apps at this uh one after another which in my own true, experience with the Apple TV and Face or and Fire TV OSs, this isn't uh, necessarily a better way to browse. I don't like not having Netflix content in there. I don't like having things to rent in there. So I'm like, oh, cool, this movie just came out. I can stream it. Boom, no, three ninety nine to rent. Mm. Like, oh, great, glad that that happened to me. Now this is just like taking longer to find what I want to watch. I haven't so then, found a perfect implementation of this yet. Maybe Google will do it, but but then the Google TV app. You don't need all the other apps. Sorry, the Google TV app on with Chromecast. Plug the Chromecast into your your um your uh, your TV, and you go onto the Google TV app, and you it well, says, no, in on Chromecast, Google TV is just the platform. The entire thing is the Google TV app. Yeah, so but you go into the Google TV platform you just, on your Chromecast. Yeah, you and just turn on the Chromecast, finds, and that's it. And if what? Like Google TV on the new Chromecast is basically a reskin version of Android TV that has this like AI uh, content surfacing algorithm on the main page. Oh, so you you for sure have to have those apps downloaded there too. Okay, cool. Yep. Makes sense. I get it. Um, which is good because, you know, say you don't want Sportsnet content, don't have the Sportsnet app, it's not going to show up. So wait, this whole time Android TV hasn't been showing me Netflix recommendations? I don't think so. Yeah, I never realized that. But wait, um, PlayStation PlayStation can never mind. This is like probably a different thing, but PlayStation will show me Netflix recommendation recommendations. 
Interesting. Um, yeah, I need to do more <laughs> diving into it, but like from the Apple and Fire TV perspective, you can't like Netflix isn't included. And judging from all the like renders I've seen of the Google TV and it working and people using it online and stuff from the leaks, it doesn't look like Netflix is there, which doesn't surprise me. So, um, so two it, other yeah. other things that I think we we got to talk about with this before we before we Stadia? wrap things up. Yeah. So one, what's the situation with Stadia? Two what does this thing look like? Like, do you like the look of it? It seems way sleeker than previous Chromecast to me. Yeah, it looks awesome. I think having the remote is just like makes it appealing to uh, older demographics as well, which is probably a big part um, of why Google added the remote, you know, because previously it was just that's why your phone, which was confusing for some people. That's why I literally had no interest ever in using a Chromecast was because I could not have a controller. What? Um, and I'm old, but I'm not that old. Mm-hmm. So like that was yeah. even a barrier for me with Chromecast. Um, I like six Chromecast. I yeah, I, I like Chromecast too. I don't have any problem with them. But basically, yeah, it's a good design. I mean, the dongle behind the TV is is blats, whatever. Um, you don't see it. The remote looks chill though. It looks cool. Uh, we'll have to see how it feels in practice. And a big thing with remotes is how you know clicky the buttons are. You know, Roku has a, a decently laid out remote, but the buttons aren't very good. So hopefully, uh, Google. It's got to be better than the Siri on. remote. The Siri remote has like a good That's look. What Apple calls it, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my god. And uh, so okay, it looks nice. cool, but have have you ever tried navigating with it? It's like yeah, I have your eyes, TV. and it's I hate it. I, hate I found it myself so getting really good with it at the end. It felt like a pro. Like it kind of felt like you know how like uh, when you're in like industry, you use like cool words like embargo and other things that like only the industry people know about. It's kind of like what the Apple TV felt like. It's like yeah, you use it. You know, you <laughs> hand the remote to people. You're like you figure it out. You know if you. If you get in. It's the definition like, of a bad product. So Yeah, pretty with, much. With the Google TV remote and the assistant button, I can just press the button and say, Hey Google, or I won't have to say please God don't activate. It did. Yeah, um, you would just say you would press the button and just say whatever you want, like watch action movies or show me something or open the Netflix so app. And then what about um, the Stadia stuff? I like, think the last this, to me this seems like a sorry. Stadia box, like a Stadia stick, but it's not, right? It's not right now. It's a bit of an oversight. I'm wondering if this just happened because of like maybe COVID and that messed up with Google's like release of everything, or maybe they just like aren't pushing. Or they, re- to be honest, Google probably knows that there's not enough people on Stadia to make it worthwhile to launch with Stadia. It's not what this is going to be. Like people aren't going to rush out and buy this for Stadia. There's not that many. But are they going to bring fans. it eventually? Um, yeah, it's coming the first half of 2021, they said. So okay. my guess is it'll be the first half to the middle of 2021. It's coming. There's an Ethernet adapter for 25 bucks that you can buy that kind of boosts the price to the same as the Chromecast Ultra. Um, well, I should mention this new one is Stadia? cheaper. It's, yeah, you can sideload Stadia if you know how, yeah. which basically is like downloading the web from another place and then or downloading the app from another place and putting it on there, and it will work. Same with uh, Game Pass. So you can stream games. It's just like not official yet. It will work. It's just something Google didn't launch with for whatever reason. Um, I saw some some stuff earlier about where maybe they're working on like aspect ratios or actually tr- there's like some other issues with Stadia on TV and phones. And so maybe they're trying to like iron those out before. Um, but overall, if you really want to play Stadia, this will come to it at some point. I wouldn't rush out and buy a Chromecast Ultra right away. It is unfortunate that when you do buy this to play Stadia, you're going to have to go and do the sideload workaround. But it's 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 nice that at least it's possible, I guess. Um, the last thing I want to say, and I forgot to mention this earlier in my big, long description of why this is like a convoluted pro- program that's uh, hard to understand. 
Android TV and Google TV are basically the same thing. Like I said, Google TV is a skin on Android TV. Uh, in the brief, Google said by 2022, all Android TV sort of set top boxes and integrated TVs should move over to the Google TV platform. Um, that's for new products and then older products that can update will and that can't update. Google will try to bring some of the Google TV uh, features back to those older Android TV devices. But for the most part, it's it's going to be Google TV moving forward. So then it would be like Pixel software, like Pixel UI and all Android phones. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was trying to say like the Pixel analogy isn't the perfect thing. It is now. Currently that works. But going forward in the future, mm. Google is just being like, no, Google TV everywhere. Um, That'd be cool though, though. Pixel yeah, I'm interested to see if they come out. Now that we have this Google TV app on mobile, I'm interested to see if they put it on other devices because the Apple TV app, um, because they have Apple TV Plus, is like available on Roku and it's available on Android, or not Android, but Android TV or Xbox or what. It's available on all these other places. Google could theoretically do something similar with this Google TV app, but I guess they kind of already do because the Google Play movies and shows app was available on like other platforms and it's probably getting renamed. Um, so but yeah, so basically there's a, a much larger ambition to this. Cool. I think I think this is a good place to to wrap stuff up. That's the Google event. We're going to have more on all of these products over Wait, the next couple weeks. we forgot to talk weeks. about what drug Mark Ronson is on. <laughs> <laughs> so he was on something, man. He was on like a love yeah, potion. Was. You'd be like, I oh, love man, this speaker. Was. It sounds so good. It's changed. It's like Mark Ronson. You got to get out of there. Somebody get this guy yeah, a cool shower. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna have reviews of all these products up on Mobile Syrup over the next couple of weeks. Each 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 uh, writer on the team's handling a different device. You're gonna see it all up there. Um, before we take off, let's quickly talk about what games we've been playing. So I'll, I'll kick it off because I, I don't really have anything interesting or exciting. As you know, I'm still writing about the Xbox Series X. There's another story, preview story that's coming at some point in the next two weeks or so um, where I'm going to delve into different aspects of the console, like the 120 hertz and some of the other backwards compatible games. But I've been playing a lot of older games on the Series X, including Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Um, I unfortunately can't play Apex yet on the console because of the backwards compatibility restrictions that Microsoft has in place. So whenever I'm playing Apex, I'm still switching back to the Xbox One X, which is very strange. But uh, yeah, I've, I've been jumping back into a lot of older games like uh, Far Cry and Assassin's Creed Odyssey and things like that while also playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 because I'm trying to trying to 100% that game. Um, Bennett, games, what, what have yeah. you been playing? Um, I've actually been kind of jumping around a lot. So Watch Dogs 2, I think I talked about this last time. I'm playing that with my girlfriend Dogs a bit. It's really fun. Uh, I'm enjoying oh, it a lot more than I, just I thought I would. Nice, yeah. It's uh, it's fun. It's it's good. I don't know if it's as good as GTA, but the missions are really varied. I find we're not always like killing people, which is fun. Uh, you know, just like do some graffiti, do some go-karting. What do you think There's, about like, Marcus? I, so I, pl I tried Watch Dogs 2 when it first came out, and I hated Marcus. But I'm going to try again and not hate him. So what do you think about Marcus? 
I don't know. I, I could go either way. I think he's like an okay character. The like weirdest part that I have is like he's such like a fun loving dude, and then you like go into a mission, like pull out an assault rifle and just like mow down thirty <laughs> people, and you're like, wow, that doesn't feel right. Like I've been trying to play the game with only the stun gun because it's the only thing where you like finish a mission. And he's like laughing, like, huh, huh, we hacked him, we got him. That's hilarious. You're like, is it though? You just killed like thirty people. So I'm trying to use the stun gun um, for Watchdogs. And then on top of that, I got Star Wars Squadrons, the flight simulator Star Wars game battle to review. So I'll be playing that today as soon as work is over. And uh, I've also been testing Stadia and Game Pass just throughout the past few days on my internet connection. And it's been surprisingly solid on my, I think it's just 100 or 150 megabyte connection. Um, oh, really? Weirdly better than it was the last time I tried it. Like Assassin's Creed Odyssey on my phone was looking like really good. Like I... I don't even like I feel bad hyping it up as good as it was because I was like surprised with how good it was and I have haven't had the best experiences with Stadia in the past. And then uh, also that night Game Pass was pretty or do you just call it Game Pass now? Game streaming, xCloud, whatever Microsoft's thing was. It's pretty good. The streaming's Xbox game streaming is the official game streaming. Okay, Um, but it's harder. I was finding it harder, still hard to play first person shooters with streaming with a a laggy controller. But Stadia was Stadia was good on AC. Yeah, Dean. Uh, Dean, what have you been playing? I've been playing a lot actually. So I just uh, I started Control on no way. Sunday and I finished it. Uh, it was fun. Uh, How many hours do you think? So the main story is probably only like fifteen hours, if that. Uh, there's still That's a lot good. to do, um, but I actually didn't find the gameplay very fun. But I found the story mm. to be really compelling and very like, what's going on? Oh my gosh, this makes no sense. Um, yeah. So that's what kept me going. Um, I'm also playing Spellbreak, which is that... Uh, that Wizard Battle Apex, Royale. Yeah, Battle Royale. Um, yeah, um, which is really fun. I'm enjoying that. I've gone back to Overwatch and Smite as well. That's Your good old Overwatch. The good old standby. And Smite, they have a new character and he looks cool. Cool, cool. Uh, so yeah, that's a good good place for us to wrap things up. Thanks for listening to the Syrupcast. Be sure to drop us a review on iTunes. It really helps with the rankings of the show. You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke and of course on mobilesyrup.com. I've been super busy lately writing far more features than I usually would. All of my Apple stuff is going up on the site. I, I just finished a review of the Apple Watch SE, did one of the uh, Series 6 recently, I have Xbox stuff. There's a bunch of uh, Mario Kart Live related things I'm doing too. So I've been I've been quite busy in the content space. Uh, Bennett, where can people find you? Hi, my name is Google TV, and you can find me at Google TV on Google TV. <laughs> um, no, obviously I'm Brad. You can find me on Twitter at the Brad Fad, uh, Instagram the Brad Fad, uh, online gaming at the Brad Fad. Pretty much everywhere I uh, I use that. And uh, obviously on mobilesyrup.com, I just put up a review this morning of the Red Magic 5S, which is like this super cheap gaming phone in Canada, but you got to deal with some really annoying software and hardware design if you want to like deal with that. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Um, and Dean, where can people find you? I am at The Daily Dean on Instagram and Twitter. I'm currently working on S20FE review, and I just finished an LG Tone earbud review. So that should be going up very soon. And as always, you can find all of our content on mobilesyrup.com and, and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at mobilesyrup. Thanks for listening.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 